everybody, welcome to Hit Rewind. This episode we'll be discussing two Stephen King movies from 1992. Uh, Sometimes They Come Back and Sleepwalkers. And I'm your host, Michael, and Kersey's on the other side. Hey, how's it going? I should correct myself, by the way. Sometimes They Come Back is not technically from 1992. It was supposed to be in theaters in 1989, but the company went out of business and it sat around forever. Probably should have just stayed at rest. Really? Should have just uh, stayed at rest. I don't know. Oh, I love this movie. Really? Yeah, that's one of my favorite Stephen King's. Uh oh. <laughs> well, we gotta quit. No. <laughs> no, we all have we all have our wait opinions. A you, wait a minute, you can't quit. You have to fire me. That's how this oh, works. Oh, is it? I, I I have to go over our pamphlet that we got when we were hired. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's not, it's not top tier Stephen King, but it's still one of my favorite Stephen Kings. Does that make sense? Like, it just it's a comfort food. I saw this one was like again, it was one of those very first horror movies I ever saw. Yeah, no, I, I can get that. It was uh, it was supposed to be released by uh, Dino De Laurentiis's company, but it went out of business. And I don't know how no other company like picked it up, like some smaller company. No, it got sold to television, and. Uh, I might be wrong, by the way. I think it maybe was fall of 91 when it was released, but who gives a shit? Uh, we're not that technical of a show. Um, but I just remember my sister telling me how great it was, and I had to see it. And here's the weird thing is, I saw part two, I think, before I saw part one. Which, did you know there's three of these? Of, of which one? Sometimes they come back? Or yeah. No, which one is part, uh, which one has three parts? Sometimes they come back. Really? Yeah, somehow I didn't answer your question whatsoever. He said, which one? I go, yeah. <laughs> Fucking idiot. I swear to God. Um, <laughs> no, uh, but... That, uh, that, that seems like a smaller kind of movie, whereas like Sleepwalkers kind of has like a little more lore to it, but, but I can see having three parts too. But yeah. That, well, that's interesting. Yeah, they were, uh, the video rights were sold to uh, Vidbark, which is Lionsgate now, but... Uh, they did it like sequels, but in name only, or it's a completely different cast, and it's all about some sort of ghost coming back from uh, the dead. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, it's it's like, like I didn't want to see this guy tortured again for two more movies. No way. <laughs> right, and like, how many other like is every new part gonna be like him discovering another trauma that he has? Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> By part three, the uh, wife's like, uh, "We gotta leave you. You're horrifying." <laughs> like oh man one time I, I i accidentally ran over that dog now the dog's back what am i gonna do what was his name cujo <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> the uh um stephen king clearly has some sort of issue from his past with bullies i think we discussed this in some other movie maybe christine yeah. but you notice how often this comes up in his films i even wanted to talk about how much incest comes up in his stuff like that's that's the one that i'm curious about because like when he was writing this, I don't know if his mom was still around, but, like, that's going to be a really awkward Thanksgiving, you know? Like, I want to be able to fly on the wall if she ever addresses that to him. You well, know? besides Sleepwalkers, what's the other one that had incest in it? Uh, it, uh, as well. Oh, as right, okay. Mr. Mercedes. Um, there was another one, too, but I forgot. But anyway, yeah. What, was... what do we know about the origins of Carrie's dad? I don't think we know anything about yeah, I was curious how she got the powers and where her dad was. Was he a demon or was it a, like some sort of incest? Uh, like, what was that movie we watched uh, or we talked about the other day, Barbarian? Where I don't understand how having 
how having inbreed children gives you supernatural powers or whatever the fuck it was. Like, oh, she's super tall, super strong, and unkillable. <laughs> how? Yeah, I, I like I, I like that. I mean, I, I love that movie, but I, I, it's very funny that you can just use, like, you can just say incest, and then people will be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. No, <laughs> yeah, no, well. This is superhuman. Like, how, how did this happen? <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I think the one thing that does hold this back, in my opinion, is the the giggling villains. Like, I still feel like this is another yeah. late '80s. Like, all the villains had kind of like some one-liners or something like, oh, you know, like some sort of snide attitude instead of just being legitimately scary. Right. Um, that's the thing that I, the it does hold it back, and it is kind of annoying, but. What I will say in its defense is that the idea of these kids just coming back in his in his life in his classroom and sort of like um, like he's he's had behavioral issues before like he's had he's you know snapped at his at uh, his kids he's a teacher uh, and it's sort of like recreating that and it kind of makes you think whether or not this has happened before in some shape or form a kid is he legitimately insane. Is that part of the problem because of the event that happened where his brother died? Um, or is this new? Like, you never really get an idea of what happened that caused him to move in the first place. So I right. really love that element of it. And like, the, the first kid that comes back, like, that scene was legitimately terrifying to me. And it happened again and then again. I was like, okay, it's not it's not as scary or as interesting the second or third time. But the yeah. first time was really effective. Well, he also seems to have... Huh, I noticed so many movies of his where it's going back to your town where you grew up, like in It Part 2 and Salem's Lot. Uh, I feel like there's a couple up in there where they're constantly like, uh, oh, well, I haven't been here in 30 years. And to deal with... Some... I wonder if anything's changed. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm kind of dealing with now since I came back to Indiana after 19 years. I'm like, oh boy, the old haunts, the old faces, I don't want to see, you know? Um, yeah. But I think I think it's a really well done, uh, moody film, uh, which is kind of an antidote to what was going on in movies at this time. Um, it's from the director of I think the best Jason movie, Jason Lives, um, oh. and, and Tom McLaughlin has that was that was number that was number six, right? Yeah, that's the one. That Tom McLaughlin decided to add some humor to it, but also like gave it more of a gothic feel and gave yeah. the, the characters more to work with, whereas usually you're rooting for the, the stupid teenagers to die. Are you still there? <laughs> See, I think, I think he did the best. What is your favorite Jason movie while we're at it? You know what? I'm number nine. Uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Wow, I know some I know. people are starting to come around on that movie, but I'm I'm kind of surprised. I, I I like the weird ones. I think it was really because this is this is the first Jason movie that got switched to a new studio when they purchased it. Mm -hmm. Um, and the first like literally the first thing they did was kill Jason. Which like, <laughs> is so that's funny to me. Ballsy. <laughs> yeah, it's like hey, we paid all this yeah, cash. Fuck it. Franchise. Now he's gone. <laughs> and I love the idea that, like, the coroner... So, like, uh, the coroner eats Jason's heart for no reason. They didn't explain why. He just decided to do it. And then, like, Jason's soul is in, like, this hell-spawn worm or something that, like, gets into other people and so it becomes a, a very different kind of movie. I don't know. I, I thought it was really funny and out and just crazy. So uh, <laughs> I gotta go to that one. But for, like, legitimately good... Uh, I would probably go number four. I think it's classic. Okay. 
Um, I think that Tim Matheson, this is almost completely on his shoulders, and he does a hell of a job. He was not known for this kind of acting. He had usually done comedies, and putting this thriller on this you know, no- normal kind of joke, I think he gives a performance. Like you said, you're not sure if he is crazy and no one else is either. Like, is he imagining these ghosts? Or are they real? What's going on with this dude? Yeah, did they ever really address, like, what happened? Like, did those kids actually come back, or did he kill his own students? Is that ever addressed? Well, it's weird because no one else can see him, but I do believe that they're just... They're ghosts that can make themselves... uh, Yeah, so they can can, uh, project different visions or something to people, like... They look like a normal teenagers to most of the people. I'm still surprised that no one said, "Hey, dude, it's 1989. Why are you dressed like a greaser?" That's what I was thinking too. That part was also very weird. Yeah, but he does have. They do have interactions with them, right? Other kids do have interactions. Yeah, because he's in class and he's talking to them, and no one's saying, "Who are you talking to?" So. Yeah, yeah, but then they they can switch like to the gory versions at the end, and and uh, the other guy, the one who survived, can see them too. I, I mean, I believe that he just found a way to cleanse the world, like a purity kind of thing, I don't know, in order to get rid of the spirits that are haunting him? Yeah, I don't know. It, like, that's the kind of the, the issues I have with these two movies and a lot of Stephen King stuff moving forward is that I think they, he, what he was really good at was having real characters with real issues and then add the horror stuff on top of that. And usually that's sort of more of a metaphor um, for whatever's happening. Christine, you know, it's about youth rebellion and it is about childhood trauma and all these things. But yeah. like, I just don't really know exactly like what the story is here other than him confronting his past. But like, that's, it, it's kind of, it's a little mixed up and jumbled around and it doesn't really have the kind of laser focus that his older work had. Yeah. And we're going to go into that period where Stephen King's starting to go like, oh, well, I guess this isn't working, so let's just start going to TV. By the way, I watched The Langoliers. Not as bad as I was... I thought it to be. Like, Prince of, uh, 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 Bronson Pinchot gives a fucking bonkers-ass performance, like a top-notch... I was going to say, yeah, like, he, he is worth watching. Yeah, but I thought the movie was pretty entertaining. I'm never going to cover for this, because I just don't think it's that, you know, worthy of discussing. But, um... That was his cocaine error, right? Because he also did, like, Maximum Overdrive around that time. Yeah. Well, no, no. Langoliers was, like, <laughs> six years, eight years later, I think, past uh, Maximum Overdrive. Really? Yeah. Because it goes, it goes Maximum Overdrive, then there's a gap where he doesn't have any movies for a while. And then I think this is the first one since Maximum Overdrive. It's like he was embarrassed and he ran away. Oh, wait, no, there's Running Man. I forgot. Running Man was 87, so that was afterwards. That was good. Yeah. So, so like... Although, although, I don't... His name wasn't on that, though. It was his, it was his pen name. Right, Richard so, Bachman. Yeah, yeah. There's a little yeah. bit of anonymity in that. The, uh... So, then we had It in 1990. Um, and then, uh... I want to say then it was Man, sort of. Remember how they had his name on it in the beginning, but he sued to get it taken off there? And it... <laughs> It was out at the same. It was. Oh no, I forgot. There's Pet Cemetery in '89. Totally forgot about that. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so '92 like is Denise Crosby. Denise, uh, I still can't understand how he can carry her up that hill, but whatever. <laughs> That's a big fucking mountain. Um, so he had Pet Cemetery 2, Sleepwalkers, 
and Lawnmower Man, technically, um, like in one year. And only Sleepwalkers was a hit. And I gotta tell you, <laughs> all three are <laughs> campy as fuck. And I gotta. Sleepwalkers, though, is like a Hollywood production. You can tell it's shot in Los Angeles. It's got a lot of recognizable faces. And this is like. What I find crazy is that this is it was they sold it as the first original screenplay by Stephen King, not based on one of his books or short stories. And I was like, "This is what you wanted to tell." <laughs> like the one thing that I can say positively about it is that I like the idea of a a monster type movie where the perspective from monster and then trying to integrate into society yeah that is kind of an interesting and there, there's a lot of uh there's a lot of issues that they have and they're trying to make it work they just have this you know unsatiable thirst for you know human souls blood i'm not exactly sure what it is but well it's i'm not um, sure if they they want it but it's the only way they can survive is uh they can't eat like normal things right they can only Swallow yeah. souls, or or is it only she can swallow souls? Does he does he feed on souls too? Yeah, because he was feeding on a soul, I think. But mm. um, yeah, there's some interesting there's some interest, It's an interesting perspective to take. But the problem is that like once they turn into the, the actual like monster form, they become really like silly, loud, and they do like find some reason where it's like we were actually like the the like you actually were those the monster characters were likable and uh, 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 oh yeah this one has incest in it too yeah uh, but uh, uh, what else was um, I, I forget the word but basically uh, we can empathize with them um, and then when they become monsters and annoying yeah, I think the the costumes are goofy looking. They're stiff. I do not. I am not afraid of them in any way whatsoever because they look like they just waddle. They look like they are just born like chihuahuas or something. You know, they just don't. They don't look like they're scary in any way whatsoever, and it's goofy. And then all of a sudden, the kid um, who is charismatic and charming all of a sudden becomes like a shitty, jokey, like Freddy Krueger kind of villain where he's got one liners. And I'm like, what? No, you just derailed so hard, and. It's so surprising that Mick Garris, the guy who directed this, did such a good job two years later with The Stand. I don't know if the studio made him throw in all the jokey shit or what. Yeah, because it would make sense like, if he goes into that monster form and then just would just tear anything into pieces without any sort of conscious, and then he kind of comes back to his human form and feels bad about it. Like, that, like that's kind of where I thought it was going to go. Like, it's just something he was trying to stave off because he knew it would be bad. And that's why he had to sort of compromise and kill people he doesn't want to. Yeah, and but it's just like all of a sudden, like, like I like to kill now. You know, let me lend you a hand. It's, it's this weird, it's this weird trying to have it both ways, where it's like he feels bad for having to kill people, but then when he does, he enjoys it, and it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. What what the fuck are they anyway? What are they? I thought, like, when you get to, like, the real monstery monster form, where it's, like, the full body suit thing, it looked like a rip-off pumpkin head. Yeah, I just... At first, I thought that they were also kind of cat people, because when they're in their first initial stage, you know, with, like, the morphine... Early morphine people, yeah. just you just have to deal with it. Um, if you like if you like the, the cover of the Animorphs, 
books that's like that. <laughs> there used to be VHS covers like that. I don't know if you're you're too young to remember that, but like Frighteners and stuff like that, they had VHS covers that you would move and it would change the image. Oh, yeah, I, don't, I remember that. The uh, Yeah, so I, I thought that they were cat people, which is funny because there's a movie about, you know, called Cat People, obviously, again, with incest. Um, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it just they, then all of a sudden they turn into these stupid. I thought they should have just been more flexible. I wish they had used more of a pumpkin head uh, uh, costume because that was pretty flexible. That was based off the designs they did for Aliens, and I just thought this was clumsy and stiff, and I wasn't afraid of it at all. And then so yeah, it's like when you do a, a photocopy of a photocopy, you know, like yeah. you just lose everything from it. So they can heal from anything because they swallow souls and, and they get better. But if they're cut by a cat, they can't heal. So is that like their kryptonite? I guess, yeah. I don't know. But what is it about the cat? Is it the cat spit, the touch? Just uh, Is it in the claws? What What the fuck? I don't understand. See, it just seems like a half-baked idea and like, I don't... I think there's like an inherent mysticism that people have of cats. So you just don't really have to explain it. I don't know. It's like the uh, you remember the the Halle Berry Catwoman movie? Oh Where yeah, yeah, yeah. Breathes in her mouth. <laughs> they never explain that. It's just cats sometimes magical, and that's just how it is in movies. Well, remember there there's that thing they talk about in Cat's Eye where there's that myth of cats stealing a baby's breath, and that's another thing I thought they were hinting at in this is that you know all it wasn't their breath; it was their soul. The, you know, and they just you know uh, fudge the myth a little bit, but then you just find out they're not cats. I think I don't know what they are. <laughs> I don't know why I'm hung up on this. Right. Well, that's be- yeah, because you're right. Because there is this kind of weird cat-like transformation or something, but they're also like maybe it's maybe it's a, a, a human and Neanderthal kind of thing. Maybe uh, where because they they said last up, so maybe it's just like they at some point in their evolution. Uh, the cats that we understand it today branched off and are trying to kill off. I guess, but even, I guess the, the movies are like, trying to kill them the whole movie. Like they're not just hanging out and accidentally, I'm like trying. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, where are they, rat people? Because that would make sense. Oh, I have a predilection, you know. The cats just like I hate mice, you know. <laughs> Something about them. Yeah, no, they it's like they're guardians. They like, but yeah, the creatures don't look like mice at all, though. So no, that doesn't but... work. Um, they do look. Know, they do look like mice. When, they do look like mice when they're babies, though. Um, but I think I think Madge and Amic, the the female lead, is uh, pretty good in it. Um, and I love the fact that it's actually a decent production, actually shot in California instead of Canada. And um, I just like we have cameos by what Mark Hamill and Ron Perlman. You have Clive Barker, Stephen King, and Toby Hooper show up. I just I kind of like that. Oh, snap. Where was Toby Hooper? There, it's the scene where they're right after he changes and attacks her, and they're at the the site where the the cop, the cop with the cat who's chasing him, um, he gets killed or whatever, and then that's when all the people are there, and I believe Toby Hooper is the mortician. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, but otherwise, I, I don't know how this became such a big hit. Maybe people were just hungry for horror because this and, and uh, Last Star... Not Last Starfighter, what the fuck? Lawnmower Man um, were both like... They made it the same amount of money, came out the same month. Apparently, February of 1992, people were like, yeah, this is what I want to do. <laughs> All right. Okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> that was probably a bad year for movies, then. Yeah, I guess so. Reservoir <laughs> Dogs was out that year. There's some good stuff. What are you people doing? Yeah, well, I mean, it's going to be a long time since we get Dracula. Uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. That that was a phenomenon, but that that's not till yes. November. Yeah, man. Uh, Slim Pickens in November of 1992, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to see Home Alone 2. Um, it's like November. I said I'm in February. Yeah. Well, we I remember we went and saw uh, Wayne's World, and Sleepwalkers was playing in the theater next to it, and it was playing like gangbusters. I could hear the people screaming and cheering in there. What? The, what? I know. I know. Like what part via cheering part? I don't know. Kicking the the monsters' ass. When the son had sex with the mother, was that the cheering part? Well, it was Indiana. <laughs> 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 finally, finally some representation the uh the next episode we're going to be discussing bram stoker's dracula and john landis's follow-up to american werewolf in london uh innocent blood yeah, sounds good uh i've seen bram stoker in forever the only scene that i really remember is probably that opening scene where he stabs the tombstone and the blood comes out because that freaked me out and i was kidding oh wow yeah um, I can't wait to discuss that. That movie is bananas. I can't believe that they greenlit something that expensive that that's fucking crazy. I'm, I'm excited because I totally forgot that Keanu was in it. I do not remember his performance at all, so I'm very excited for this. <laughs> Ooh, boy. All right, so you guys... I feel like watching it for the first time, you know? Oh, yeah, well, I mean, we, I watch it annually now because for the longest time I didn't. Well, you know what? We'll save this. We'll save this for the next episode. We'll discuss it later. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about all this in the next episode. Alrighty, that is it. Uh, Ray, have a good night. Oh, hold on. Now, what? Do you recommend either one of these? Oh, uh, well, yeah, sometimes they come back. I really like that movie. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't really... I wouldn't really recommend either of these, to be honest. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> do you regret <laughs> watching them, though? when you apologize. <laughs> well, I don't want anybody to have a bad time. Did you at least enjoy, like, the campiness of them? Uh, I like the first half. The, the first half really took me in, and then in the last half, I was like, you know what? I got some chores to do. I'll just pop this on in the background. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully the next the next two are much more entertaining for you. No, I'm excited for these next two, yeah. All righty. Well, that is it, everybody. Have a good night.